fascinating gadgets, gizmos, and gear-based technologies. Hello everyone, welcome to Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies. Now of course, this is the show, we take pop culture technology, tell you how to make it in real life. Who does that? The Brain Trust does that, the three of us. Analytical mastermind, Daniel J. Glenn here. Uh, physics phenom, Dr. Michael Denon to my right. Great to be here. And to his right, we've got the man of mystery, the enigmatic engineer, Ben Seepser. Ben, it's always a pleasure to have you here. Great to be here, Dan. Um, so, did you live in like a place like the Batcave? Because you're not disclosed location. I really can't talk about it. Well, okay. it's not a Batcave. Right. It's more of a... Uh, more of a shield headquarters. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, like a heli helipad, the, the yeah. little helicopter thing. I like that. That's cool. Um, that's how you get here so fast. It's exactly. amazing stuff. Uh, so we're talking about, this is a fun episode today, because we are going to go, we're going to reach into our very recent past um, and talk about pretty cool technology here. Um, so we're, we're, what we're talking about, Captain Marvel has a quantum pager. It's a very, uh, it's essentially the key to the movies, really. It's how yeah. she gets involved in everything. Um, it's a pretty cool idea. This idea of being able to take um, an old, an old tech, uh, old tech, and make put, build new tech around it. Do something. The, the ability to send a message across eons, galaxies, um, essentially any distance. I love this idea for a quantum pager. I'm excited about this. Um, Anything with the word quantum is almost as exciting as foam. You're on board. I'm on board. So foam, quantum. Yep. Um, and quantum foam is just oh off God. the chart. Oh, Sorry. Boy. Anyway, that's that's. <laughs> A little too much there. We okay. hit the gas real early, real early there. Uh, so when we talk about technologies, you know, that's what the show's about here. We talk about, about technologies, what we like. Um, let's look into our past, if we could, for a second. I'm going to look to you first, Ben. Okay. Think of something in the past that you'd love to soup up for the modern era. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of think actually back to some of the old video games I used to play. Okay. And I feel like there hasn't been a proper souping up hmm. of Dinosaur Park Tycoon. This was one of really? my favorite video games as a kid. You got huh. to build a zoo of dinosaurs. <laughs> right. And one recently came out that was Jurassic Park branded or Jurassic World branded. Uh -huh. You know, it's fun. Yeah. But it's not, it's not what I crave. Now you talking <laughs> upgrades here, or when you mean when I mean soup up, like you want to go and actually actually create dinosaurs and put them into like a little yeah, that'd be good like too. an ant farm kind <laughs> of a thing, or what do you? I'd be that would be even better. <laughs> Send away for a little dinosaur <laughs> DNA. Yeah, I, yeah, let's soup up the ant farm into a dinosaur <laughs> farm. Okay, I like that. That's a good idea. Um, I'm glad I came up. But with yeah, that. but also just th there's a lot of old computer games I had that I you know I just feel like they haven't made great modern equivalents yet. That's fair. Okay, I like that. Uh, I'm a pretty simple guy. I still just want my flying car. That's it? That's so take it. the car, I, put jets on it. I just want my flying car, yeah. But I want it. Jets are a little ostentatious for me, if I can say that word, which I can't. You can't say no, it, I but you're allowed to, to allowed you have to permission, say yeah. Um, I, I want like a Jetson flying car that makes a cool <laughs> noise, right? <laughs> <laughs> and just... Is is easy going, easy yeah. on the you know environment, not sure. much you know admissions from those. Right. So my, my electric flying car. Okay, I like, like that. Yeah. That's not bad. Um, you know what I'd love to do? I was pretty nerdy as a kid. I like playing D and D. 
I would love to have, you know, everyone had like little miniatures, so you would have a little character and you had a little okay. miniature. I would love to have like hologram miniatures where okay. you can like customize them and have, kind of like in Star Wars where they're playing yeah. that yep. like hologram chess. game or yeah. whatever it is. Uh, it's very chess-like where they yeah. kind of beat each other up. But if you could make a hologram where you could put your face on it on whatever, you know, you wanted okay. to do, I think that would be kind of cool. Have like a hologram dungeon instead of having, you know, having to carry in a briefcase of all these yeah. miniatures. Yeah. It's just light digital stuff. That's what I would what do. What about mini animatronic? creatures. Oh, that would be cool. Like the wizard chess. That would be cool. I like that. Though mm -hmm. I, I like the hologram because it's easy to carry around, but I do have a, a soft spot on my heart for very steampunky technology. <laughs> right. I would like little robots that like knocked each other out. Yeah, it'd be hard to put your cool. face on those, but it would be fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Yeah. Maybe like combined tech. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like you right. do like a hologram face. Right. Animatronic um, body. Um, yeah. I like it. I think it's really cool. Um, and then you could fly around in your electric car and play in the back seat because it would be an automatically controlled electric car. <laughs> of course, it'd be travel. It'd be travel friendly. Yeah. Or you could just have your flying creatures. Yes. <laughs> oh, flying creatures that are they're very yeah. um, environmentally friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Just methane, you know. Um, <laughs> I, I like all this stuff, and this is also in the era. Uh, you know, to, as great segue here into pagers, right? Yeah. So pager technology is kind of the fundamental thing we got going on here, in my it opinion. Is. You guys are gonna go quantum. I'm gonna go yeah. pager. And and uh, I would just like to make a little segue and point out that yeah, let's get away from the topic pretty right much off nobody that. has pagers. We have phones, so it's interesting. I like oh. that they went back to pagers. Yeah. But I will point out in the instructions to the faculty at the UCI graduation, we're mm. still informed to make sure our pagers and our phones are turned off. <laughs> Have you said anything to them? Like, oh no, they guys. make a self joke. <laughs> But it's there. It's just out there. There are those who probably still have pagers. So it's relevant. There are. I, I will tell you. I, I know a few, actually. Who do you know? I know. Uh, out them right now as being I, nerds. I know people who work in facilities that are um, have clearances, mm. and you can't bring two-way devices in, but they right. still need to be contacted in an emergency, right. so they bring one-way pagers. Mm. I suspect that's in the secret headquarters he's in. I imagine so. That's only allowed to get in. Yeah. Well, the thing that's cool about pagers is not only is it great for spies and people with clearance who want to be off the grid, but firemen use them, emergency EMTs. Yeah. They go further. They go places. That they can get a signal where cell phones don't yeah. work. Yeah. Um, you can have a battery life that lasts for months. Yeah. There's actually a lot of advantages, as long as it, but it's one-way communication, yeah. obviously. Yeah, um, but there actually are a lot of advantages to pagers. They're not uh, as obsolete as people would like to imagine yeah. that they were. Particularly if you need to communicate across the galaxy. Exactly. That's exactly right. Send it so, one way. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, well, so pagers. So let's talk about pagers for a second, because you know, you tune into fascinating gadgets and gizmos, learn about the the um, yester the technology of yesteryear. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what we do. But just to understand a little bit about them, so they're kind of like a personal radio receiver. I want you guys. Obviously, Ben, I'm yeah. assuming you took these apart when you were. A kid when you're learning engineering so I cor wish. <laughs> <laughs> correct my, pro my correcting my in inconsistencies or incorrect stuff here um so they have essentially the way it works is it's like a radio transmitter that only picks up messages with its own secret code in it so it's essentially it picks up all of them but it only reacts when a certain right. code goes in yeah. um and and a lot of them have two it's a there's a wake-up signal because obviously your pager's not mm -hmm. on all the time so it's off the signal comes in wakes it up and then it, you know it's like pap wake up and then it's like ah here's your message and then that's how a pager works essentially um but in the movie the pager is being sent to another pager Right, yes. it's being from one message to another, which is actually a more advanced technology than just the regular paging it's system. It's a fancy two-way pager. It's a fancy two-way pager. Um, Not to be confused with a phone. 
<laughs> well, that's like that'd be like that'd be like those next tells where you'd say, right, yeah, yeah. "Remember those?" Or you'd push say, talk. "Yeah, yeah, push the talk." Yeah. Um, so this is what's kind of interesting about the fact that it's a pager instead of being like a quantum cell phone. But I like that it's a little bit low tech, and I think because I think it's in the perfect wheelhouse for being something that is low tech enough to be possible with the quantum technology that we have right now. I think we're actually close because it's a pager and not a cell phone. What do you guys think about that? Well, I. I the, the good thing you? about it is that it's not a big signal that they're sending. Mm -hmm. right? So because it's a pager, it, I mean, re the, the reality is the signal that went out to Captain Marvel, all it really needed to be was, come help us. Right. <laughs> which doesn't even need to be, come help us. It really just needs to be one bit, which is, we need you. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> that yeah, means, yeah, yeah come. Right. So all they have to do is send out a signal. It doesn't have to have an encoded message. It doesn't have to do anything. It's just that wake up you, you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And so that has an advantage because it's a simple message. Mm -hmm. You don't need a very, you don't need high bandwidth. Mm -hmm. And high bandwidth means you need a wide channel, which means you need more power. Mm -hmm. How, however, you do need enough power. I mean, it's interesting. I know mm -hmm. we're going to talk about a quantum pager. Mm -hmm. That's correct. But at the end of the day, I find so often with these technologies, the issue really is just the power and the power source. Yeah. Okay. And I think what we're going to find, a little spoiler alert for our own episode, mm -hmm. is that the quantum here is less relevant than just maybe mm -hmm. finding a, an advanced enough power source to send the signal the distance you want to have. I, I, you now, know, that's there, funny you say that. Now, there is a chance... But it, it's, it's unclear if the physics will hold up that you could send signals through quantum entanglement. Right. And we're probably going to go there too, but that's really dicey. Well, I was going to say, I think that's the solution. I think the <laughs> quantum element of this is actually the key and not so much the power source. You know, I don't have any PhD after my name, so I wouldn't right. listen to me either. But just as the analytical mastermind looking at this... I think that there's, I think the quantum is very important here. Let's, let's not poo-poo the quantum. No, I'm not poo-pooing the quantum. I'm agreeing with you that it, it could be the key. I just don't think it's going to hold up, and we're going to need to go back to, to power in something more traditional. Okay, that's To be enough. successful. That's just a, a prediction I'm going to make early. Okay. And we'll see All how right. it holds up. I, I only I'll make predictions one about 10 minutes into the future anyway, so <laughs> I'm feeling more confident than well, usual. And right. quantum's all about predictions. And right. quantum's all about predictions. I will quote some famous person who I don't remember who said, Great. you know, just because you don't understand something doesn't mean quantum explains it. So right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. I like that quote. That's yeah, a great, great quote. Well, you know, one, one of the funny things about the fact that it's a quantum pager is that we, it's only one way, as you mentioned. Yeah. We don't know whether Captain Marvel gets the message until she shows up. True. Like, and that's what's kind of, everyone's kind of biting their fingernails as Thanos is running roughshod. Yeah. Well, actually, most people were looking at it having no clue what it was doing, so that's... <laughs> that's also fair. Yeah. But I'm saying if you're, if you're one of the people who's in the yeah. know, you know, yeah. Nick Fury's the only one who had it. And, and he's a poofed, so... He did a... He wasn't poofed. <laughs> he was poofed, so <laughs> yeah. really there's no one left who knows what this thing is doing. <laughs> poofed. Well, we now know it's blipped. Right. Well, it is blipped, but, you know... Yeah. I was using the more technical scientific term, not the casual everyday term. Well, and, and there's regional... There's, <laughs> from Midtown High. There's regional things. As we learned in the last episode, I said deep pants, and people said pants. Certain parts of the region mm -hmm. say blip, some say poofed. Poof. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we don't know. So if I understand this correctly, now I took this off the internet. I didn't do a lot of testing on this, but I feel like you guys would know. I just thought it was interesting. Quantum mechanics, according to a few articles, okay. was developed essentially because when you put toast in a toaster and the coil turns red... We didn't understand why. 
quantum mechanics was developed essentially to solve that problem. You know, actually, Dan, I'm going to give you that one. That Nailed was probably it. not the example the first scientists used, but that's basically right. Basically right. We, we there is I'm fine fundamental with right. issues with we didn't really understand radiation due to heat because mm -hmm. the spectrum that came out of things and yeah. your wire in the toaster is one of those things that right. sends off electromagnetic radiation when it's hot. Yeah. That spectrum never quite behaved the way it should until you figured out light should be quantized. Got it. So it was a key piece. And leading to quantum mechanics. Wow! So, that, so you you nailed it. Nailed it. Um, so we you know quantum mechanics we use it a lot um, in yes. in, our, in everyday life, which yeah. is kind of amazing. Uh, you know, our GPS is famously uses quantum mechanics, and it's really fun because I love atomic clocks. I've always been kind of fascinated with atomic clocks, and the GPS essentially what it does is it triangulates very precise your position from like three different angles using atomic clocks to essentially figure out where you are within a couple meters or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool stuff, I think. It is yeah. very cool. So do you guys uh, want to talk about atomic clocks for a second? Sure. We can. I, I, I'm not sure where we're going with this, except that it is cool, so well, I would right. be willing to discuss it. So I love, the, I love atomic clocks. So just really quickly, there are a couple. So these are extraordinarily accurate clocks. Um, there's one in Switzerland, which seems to be the clock capital. You know, Swiss yeah. watches right. is the you know, staple for watches. The, FOC, uh, the FOCS1 is in Switzerland. It's been going since 2004. In the United States, we have the NIST, the National Institute um, for Science, Standards and Technology, yeah. has one. They, it doesn't gain or lose a second in 100 million years. That's how exactly. accurate these things are. Yeah, no, it's so, amazing. So, do you know, you know how these work? Basically. Then let's, let's hear it. Let's but, put one together you know, for everybody. I mean, I think the, the key idea for people to understand is that atoms are going to vibrate and have transitions at well-defined frequencies. Mm -hmm. Um, like the cesium atom, I believe, is used for these, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's it's that oscillation. I mean, a clock is basically something that oscillates. Mm -hmm. So if you think of a pendulum, that can be a clock, and you get your standard grandfather clock. But it's big, it has friction, there's heat, and it winds down, and, and that's why you have to wind it up and do right, all sorts right. of stuff. You know, at the atomic level, um, if you can, particularly if you can isolate the atoms, mm -hmm. and they don't interact with their um, environment a lot, the energy levels involved um, and the transitions stay very precise. Hmm. And so your frequencies are very accurate, yeah. Well, it's, it's crazy because they're making one that's three times more accurate, which is 300 million years. Yeah. Like that'll never, that's, I mean, a second is a lot and when it comes down, especially. Second is it, huge. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, that's a lot, really. <laughs> um, but, you know, one 300 millionth year of a second or whatever that would be yeah. is, you know. Yep. But when you think, yeah, if you think about in terms of GPS, a second is, Horrific. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, it's yeah, true. If, if your GPS is off by a second, you're going to be off by like hundreds Miles. of thousands of kilometers. If you're yeah. still on the yeah. planet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's very true. You know, and they use absolute zero. They, they, it's, it's very cool. Atomic clocks are very interesting. I, I won't take us down that world too much, but I love the idea that they're there. They're involved in all this stuff. Um, and so I guess this was really an upgrade from the hourglass, essentially, is what the atomic it's clock It's a was. big upgrade yeah. from the hourglass. Yeah. So the quantum, so the hourglass is it's to the It's actually even an upgrade from the sundial. Is it an upgrade from yeah. the sundial? Yeah, it's yeah. much more accurate than a sundial. Yeah, there, there's a lot of problems with uh, astronomy and the atomic clock, and there's actually a big fight about it. Really? Which well, let's hear be, about it. Well, I like this. So let's there's a fight, this. basically, about what should be true time. Should it be the astronomy, or should it be the atomic clocks? Because the the orbit of the Earth and the revolutions of the Earth 
perturbed. They change because of comets whizzing by and, oh, and uh, yeah. the sun changes shape a little bit and the earth changes shape a little bit. There's an earthquake and we change our, and our revolution, our speed of uh, revolution. Hmm. Our, the, the length of our day changes when there's an earthquake. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And the moon has drag on us. The tides cause drag and are slowing the earth down. So all this stuff is screwing up what we think of as a day. Mm -hmm. And there's this problem of what do we, how, do, how does an astronomer say this, this star will be at this point at 12 p.m. exactly when 12 p.m. is different in the atomic world versus the astro yeah. astronomical world. Oh, that's, I, you know, I love this argument because this is essentially the sterile argument between like yeah. robots controlling stuff or humanity. Yeah. I'm on the astronomer's side on this. Yeah, but it's a really interesting problem. It is. Because yeah. you can't, it, it makes pointing telescopes really difficult because yeah. the atomic clock is almost worthless for it. <laughs> because it doesn't match what yeah. the sky does. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's real. I didn't know that. I love that, and I love infighting. Just yeah. in general. Yeah. So I think it's exciting. Um, well, so now we're talking about astronomy here. This is a great segue into quantum entanglement. Um, yeah. Quantum entanglement. So let's explain quantum entanglement, and then I'm going to see what is what have we done in this world yet that's going to so, be relevant. So the key and the fundamental idea of quantum entanglement is that the hard thing to understand in quantum mechanics is that we describe things by their state in a very different way okay. than we describe things classically. The state of us is you sitting there, me sitting here, and Ben sitting there, mm -hmm. okay? We talk about our position and how fast we're going. In quantum mechanics, all you can talk about the state of something is if you were to make a measurement, mm -hmm. what are the allowed values that you would get as an answer, mm -hmm. and what's the probability of getting each of those? Okay. That's the state of the system. Got it, okay. Right, and we call that the wave function. Okay. So if I have two electrons, they can be described by a single wave function. Mm -hmm. So they have a state. And one thing electrons do is they spin, mm -hmm. and they can spin up or down. And so my wave function can say that these two electrons are always, say, spinning in an opposite direction. If one's up, the other has to be down. Okay. And what that means is no matter how far apart they are, I know if one's spinning up, the other's spinning down, or vice versa. Okay. So if I give Ben one electron and he goes off to Jupiter mm -hmm. and he measures whether it's up or down and I'm holding the other electron and I measure whether it's up or down, mm. we will always get the opposite answer. Okay. So if he gets up, I'll get down. If he gets down, I'll get up. And that's because those two electrons are entangled. You got to get up to get down. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> that's really it. Yeah, that's really it. Yeah. But basically those two electrons are entangled because they're part of the same wave function. And one change to that system will affect the other one. One measurement will result in a, a known measurement for the other one. I see. Okay. And this, so Jupiter is actually the example you used is relatively close. You, this, there, there's right. no this really would be, This known... would be true even if he went to Captain Marvel's. Right. Where she was thinking she was a Cree. Yeah. It, it, it's almost instantaneous across space at a, at a, at a speed that is right. faster than light. Yes. Correct? I wouldn't even, so... As best do we know, it's not even almost instantaneous. It, it is, is instantaneous. Right. I didn't want to jump into that without knowing, no. but instantaneous. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not even measurable. This is why certain people like Einstein was very upset by the idea. He was, he was terrible. Because it's called upset. spooky action at a distance. He coined that, yeah. didn't he? Yes. Yeah. I'm quoting someone famous. You are. And, and, and I am famous out. myself. I know. That's insane. <laughs> so. insane. It's meta. It's very meta. So essentially, you can, it's, 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 
At any distance, you can do this. In, in 2017, June, almost you know, two years ago, Chinese scientists were able to send a quantum message to the moon, and they were able to show that this worked. So we are using it in, yeah. in a well, sense that works. We have to be a little careful. I'm going to be a bit of a naysayer here, Dan. Okay, great. Because we have to be a little careful. The challenge is, notice I was very careful and I described it. If Ben does a measurement over there on the Cree planet yeah. and gets up, and I do a measurement, I'm guaranteed to get down. Okay. But it's hard to figure out how to send a message, truly send one. We use the phrase, we sent a message, but we haven't actually really sent a message yet. What we've done is always situations where we're able to bring both measurements back together and compare them. Because if I'm sitting here on Earth and I'm measuring my electron and I get down, mm -hmm. I may have just measured my electron and got down. I'd love to see you get down. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if Ben actually measured his electron. Okay. I just got down. Right. For my answer. So it's very hard to right. figure out how to send information that way, okay. to send messages. Not saying we won't be able to do it at some point, but right now our best understanding of quantum mechanics, we haven't been able to figure out how to actually send a message. We can send the particles and they can stay connected. Entangled. Entangled. And we can prove they stay entangled, but that comes from bringing the measurements back together and comparing them. I see. Um, That's the tricky part. Well, there's a whole field of quantum communication. Yes. There is. And we've actually got quite a bit here. So entanglement, so you can actually decouple things and you can recouple and you can actually yeah. entangle to other electrons. We can set up repeaters, very similar to how we set up communications yeah. here. Mm -hmm. it, and almost all of that's actually for encrypting. Okay. So really, I think if we want to go that way, the quantum pager, okay. the quantum piece is probably the unbreakable encryption. Okay. Not well, necessarily how you get it that far. Okay, okay. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm being a downer here, Dan, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just but trying I'm to still very excited about the, the entanglement part and the encryption. Well, I'm just thinking about how, so I understand that, that, that it could be the encryption part. I can, I can handle that. But to be able to go any distance, to me, right, to, 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 that seems like the really cool part of this, where yes. Captain Marvel, because yeah. she's traveling around in galaxies, she can go anywhere, and now we can contact her anywhere. That's exciting to me, and I think that that is solved, at least from a theoretical standpoint, that's solved by the quantum part. Mm. I'm gonna talk to my engineer here. Uh, okay. I, I think uh, the, the problem with the quantum is, again, as we understand it is, it's like taking a, an envelope that's closed, and we put, a piece of red paper in each of them, and I open mine and I get a red piece of paper, and Captain Marvel opens her envelope and it's a red piece of paper, but I didn't know when I sent her off that it was gonna be red, and I can't tell her to open it because me telling her to open it will take the speed of light. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so the, the trick is how do you re-manipulate the, the quantumly entangled particles such that you can either change their state or something like that. So here's the thing I think that's going on. All right. You look right. really, no, I'm very excited really serious. Right so, so, right, there, there's, there's the key. To, to communicate over the distance, if you notice, it took Captain Marvel a while to show up. Mm -hmm. The battery had run down. Right, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and they're keeping it active. They're and, trying to, yeah. And she can travel through... Um, wormholes. Wormholes. Mm -hmm. Right. So she, once she gets the message, she can get there pretty quickly. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think the actual message in the distance is going through normal means. But I really think you need to be able to confirm 
where this message came from. And I think that gets harder when you're galaxies away. So okay. going back to the pager idea, where you have a pager that wants to detect a particular signal, mm -hmm. right? I think the quantum correlation and these two envelopes that are red yeah. are used to confirm the signal. So let's take Ben's analogy. I open my envelope, I see that it's red, I send my signal to Captain Marvel's pager. It gets that signal which tells it to open its envelope. And my message says you're gonna get red no matter what. And when she gets red, she's confirmed the signal. Mm -hmm. Sort of like the encryption thing I was talking okay. about. Yeah, she yeah, now yeah. knows it's the right signal and she comes back. Okay. So it's a multi-step process. So you need the quantum for the confirmation and the encryption over the large distance yeah. to know that you're really getting the right pager. Well, I, I, that's so. And, and, and I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I think you use the normal sort of the normal message. pager technology. The that's normal. What we well, no, but also I can imagine I, quantum would be a, not quite the word I would use, but we tend to use quantum also for when we make things small. Mm -hmm. And for me. What I'm thinking is they have figured out how to make very small power sources that can mm. make very clean, strong signals that can travel that distance. Because as Ben was pointing out, you can go very narrow band. Yeah. And quantum, okay. going back to your atomic clock. Yeah. Oh, I'm, this, oh, Dan, I am now getting very excited about All this. Right. I know, I can so tell you got, a lot of good You got good the atomic clock, yeah. which is a very, very precise single frequency. Extraordinarily so. Extraordinarily precise. That's the heart of the signal. It's so narrow band, you don't need nearly as much power. Yeah. Uh Right, because light's just going to travel at the speed of light and go as far as it is. So you, you don't. So you solve your power problem with your atomic clock. That's one quantum part of it. Okay. And then you use the quantum entanglement to do your decoding so that you know it's the right signal. Boom. You've got your quantum pager. So in, an, in another quantum world, I understood what you said. I'm going to go with Ben. Does that work? Yeah, although I, I I like the better idea of hijacking. The, the better idea. <laughs> the better I, idea. I'll <laughs> be the designer. I ha, I my my thinking was that we see that she's hacking the the phone yes. with her equipment. Right. Okay. Yeah. My thinking is she's actually hacking the deep space network. Ah. <laughs> Which is what we use to communicate with, say, Voyager, and okay. all these far off probes. I see. Um, again, you can't send. Voyager speaks at 16 bits per second. And it's uh, it's like it's about a light day away now from the Earth. So it takes one, one light day. It takes one day for a message to get to Voyager. Mm -hmm. um, but the but and that sixteen bits. That's not a lot of data. But that's that's like two letters basically. You can get two letters a second to okay. Voyager, which is plenty of data if you want to send like a little confirmation right. code that says, "Hey, we need you." Red. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. R E. Yeah. So what I think is happening is she has figured out a way to hack into the deep space network and send this very basic signal all out across the cosmos. And the other thing is because it's narrow band, they have to spend, send it in a lot of locations too. Right. Because mm -hmm. they, on Earth, we, had, we have no idea where she is. Yeah. You can't just right. so it's do be an omnidirectional yeah. beam. To triangulate her position, you mean? No, just to make sure to you get where her. you point. Oh, to get it you to don't her. know what oh, okay. star she's at. Okay, yeah. right. Okay, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, but I like using our network to relay it and go in yeah. lots of different directions. Yeah. Okay. I so see. So you can use you can hijack yeah. these antennas, and there's hundreds and thousands of antennas on Earth, even in back in the '90s, that I think she's hijacking and she's mm -hmm. sending the signal out Ooh, across the yeah. whole world. So the well, quantum it just again, goes to show how practical engineers are. Uh, that's unbelievable. And again, <laughs> you have to hack the things. electromagnetic 
yeah. equipment of the entire world. So it's so quantum. It's quantum in in name only. Well, I think there's quantum elements. Okay. I li I like the idea of using the quantum as a verification because you don't want some evil Cree person to yeah. call her when she shouldn't be called. Right. Yeah. And, and send her into a trap. Exactly. Yeah. You don't want that yeah. at all. Yeah. Uh, I, so I think we miraculously came to, not, not at all the conclusion I thought we were going to come to, <laughs> but I think we may have nailed it. I uh, think we did. Uh, we've got to put these things into production and get every superhero one of these on their little utility yes. belt. And I think we're going to bring pagers, we're bringing pagers back. Yeah. Um, if you got a very strong opinion on pagers, please let us know. Um, you can get in contact with us, social media. Ben, how can people get in contact uh, you? With can you? Get Get me on all the different social media networks at bseepser. That's B-S-I-E-P-S-E-R. Do you have a pager? Did you, if you had one, let's hear your pager number. I never had a pager. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Denon. I'm at Denon Michael, hmm? except on Facebook. I'm at Prof Denon Michael. Do you have a pager? I never Did had you? a pager. You never no, had a pager? I never had a pager. I never had a pager either. Yeah, I thought this no, was going to be... I, I went right to a flip phone. When I was an RA, <laughs> I had a pager. Oh um, really? Yeah, and yeah. then uh, we had a lot of we figured out how to send messages, so we sent it to our hall director. Uh, we sent a lot of jokes. Okay. We got in a lot of trouble, and we almost had our pagers taken away. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Actually, I would love to have that memory erased. <laughs> um, going back to our neuralizer <laughs> episode. Now that I'm thinking about it, I probably should have that memory erased. Well, I will say we used uh, we attempted to use walkie talkies with our kids on yeah. certain vacation. Yeah. And our kids did not understand channels, and if they didn't oh. like what was going on, they would just change to a different channel <laughs> and talk to strangers. I, like a CD, you know? I love that, that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, all right, so if you want to get a hold of me, uh, I am Daniel J. Glenn on Twitter, the Daniel J. Glenn on Instagram, and Analytical Mastermind on Facebook. So uh, this is great, we nailed it. Guys, great job. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, great, I want to thank everyone for listening. Please be safe with this equipment and enjoy it at home. Thank you. Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies is a Glencoe production and is produced by me, Daniel J. Glenn. The Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies introduction was produced by Daniel J. Glenn and Paul Springers with music and sound design written and performed by Paul Springers. And if you like this show, support us, subscribe on all the podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and now Spotify. You can listen to every episode. Just go on there, click the subscribe link. And if you don't know how to do that, well, I've made it easy for you. Go to the FGGBT.com website, and you can find links to all of the subscribe buttons at the bottom of the page, as well as our social media, as well as the Brain Trust social media. We've got a newsletter to learn all about the behind the scenes, up and coming episodes. And if you want to join our legions of fans known as the Fascination, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link at the bottom of the page there, and in return, we will give you all kinds of behind-the-scenes audio. We'll have bonus episodes there, and even some of the stuff that is not for public consumption, only for our fans. Some of our R&D shows, some of our experimental content, you're going to find it there. So subscribe there, please. And if you like this show, you might like everything that I do. You can find out. You can go to DanielJGlenn.com to find out everything that I'm doing. Thank you for listening.